Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, so last night, uh, North or uh, Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden appeared on Brett Jensen's program here on WBT. It, uh, it airs at seven o'clock. It's called Breaking with Brett Jensen, and he talked about uh, uh, the legislation moving through the North Carolina General Assembly that would force him and some other sheriffs to cooperate with ICE in uh, holding on to people that are. Uh, that end up in the jail, they get arrested for something, and uh, usually a major crime, right? That's that's why you end up in the jail. You're arrested for something, not like a speeding ticket or something. You get arrested for a crime, and then ICE says, hey, hold on to that person. But because those are civil proceedings, not criminal, there's no judicial order, and so the sheriffs have been just uh, letting people out after the magistrates and judges say, hey, they bonded out. We set them at no bond. Uh, I mean, that's what we're that's where we are now, right? Where uh, bond is racism, and so uh, you know, low bonds, and everybody walks, and so ICE isn't getting the people that they used to get, and of course, all of that was due to Gary McFadden, the sheriff, dismantling the program that actually helped ICE. It was called 287G. So he dismantles that, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't do anything." And then why don't you guys enforce the federal law? Well, we shouldn't be doing this. And my hands are tied, and all this. It's sort of the same approach that he takes with the pistol purchase permitting and the concealed carry permits that, uh, you know, he he does this clever by half trick, this uh, this these rhetorical gimmicks. okay, And, and, And he uses the law in order to affect certain outcomes that he prefers in the ICE issue. He prefers not to work with immigration and customs enforcement. And so. He gets rid of 287G, and then he cites the law that says, I got to release them because you can't hold on to them in, in, in the jail. If a magistrate releases them on a bond, then they get out. And so now the state is stepping in and saying, okay, well, now we're going to force you to hold on to them because this, this, there is this loophole that you're using. Same thing is happening with the pistol purchase permits and the... Um, and particularly concealed carry, where two people uh, last night called into the show and uh, asked him, hey, you know, what's the deal? I have submitted my concealed handgun permit renewal 11 months ago, one guy said. I think the other one said it was like 18 months ago or something, and there has been no movement on it. And McFadden, and one guy said he would take his answer off the air, and then McFadden attacked him, uh, uh, saying that was rude. But, like, that's just... It's not rude. It's that's a talk radio uh, that that's sort of that's a norm. People will call in, they'll ask a question and then they'll say, I'll take my answer off the air because they're just going to listen to what you have to say. But McFadden attacked him, calling him rude. And uh, and then somebody else called in and McFadden and his answer to both of them was essentially you screwed up somehow. You did something wrong. And that's why it's taken forever. He says people don't realize they have to sign some paperwork. Did they come back with the signature? Did they give fingerprints? Whatever. Um, and then he did say that the 
to the second caller that he would talk to him, I guess, today, like get his contact information and get to the bottom of it. So good luck on that. And again, I give the sheriff credit for coming in and taking those phone calls. Not a lot of people would do that for various reasons, (laughs) for various reasons. But that was the first topic uh, was the ICE cooperation. The second topic that they got into uh, that Brett Jensen was asking Sheriff Gary McFadden about was uh, the pistol purchase permit legislation that's working its way through the General Assembly as well. Let's go over to Will Duran's story at WRAL. A repeal of North Carolina's pistol permit rules passed the state house this week. It's now headed to the governor's desk for signature or veto. So the state's pistol uh, permit rules give local sheriffs broad discretion to deny people a permit, like for people with mental health problems um, or who the sheriff believes to be involved in crime, even if they have not been convicted. This is the key. This is the key because there's a there's this category or this I shouldn't say, or not category, but it's an explanation in the law that says that the sheriff will essentially deem you to be of good moral character or not. So if you got a bad reputation, but you've never been convicted of something that would disqualify you from owning a firearm, he just doesn't like the cut of your jib or something, right? Or, or he just knows, he knows about you and your family, or he knows about your kind, or as it was originally intended, he knows about your race, because <laughs> that's what this was about. Democrats who control the state for a century and a half put these laws on the books in order to prevent black people from arming themselves against violent, racist, white supremacists who were burning crosses on their lawns and 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 hanging them, lynching them, right? They did not want black people in North Carolina to be able to protect themselves against Democrat violence. So they passed these laws where the sheriff, elected by the people, of course, the sheriff could prevent you from arming yourself. And so critics of this law say they're an outdated relic of the Jim Crow era. By the way, uh, critics say that because it's true. (laughs) That's the reason why we say it. It's because it's true. It's literally Jim Crow 1.0. It's not even a 2.0. It's the original. It's the OG Jim Crow. And it was originally intended to let white supremacist sheriffs stop black people from arming themselves. Groups like the NAACP, however, have said previously that they believe Republicans are just using that as a convenient excuse to make the bill seem less controversial. No, no. People say it because it's true. It's true. And you could still have. So wait, am I supposed to believe then that every sheriff in North Carolina is no longer a racist? I, if so, I have some questions on the messaging over the last three years or so. How do I square this belief that all the sheriffs are not racist, but at the same time, all cops are bees or racist? The B stands for fatherless child, right? The the anti-fuss slogan, right? I thought policing was systemically racist. 
I thought these were the remnants of the old slave patrols. I thought that we had to defund and dismantle and deconstruct this entire system of white supremacy and oppression. But now you're telling me that the sheriffs can be trusted to hand out the permits so black people can protect themselves from the violent police that are racists or something. Wait, there is a breakdown here, people. There's a breakdown in a consistent message. But it's one of the nice things about being a Democrat. You get the big D shield. It protects you from these types of questions of hypocrisy and inconsistency. You never get these questions. Supporters of pistol permits say that they help ensure safer communities. Not only do sheriffs have more information on locals than the federal background check system, they say the permits are also the only way the state currently has to stop many domestic abusers from easily getting a gun. So there is a problem with North Carolina law on domestic violence issues. There is a problem with our law about this. However, the problem is because the people have not been convicted. See, this is the key. This is the key. Sheriffs want to be able to keep you from getting a gun even though you haven't been convicted of a crime. That's the issue. So do you lose a constitutional right because a sheriff believes that you're going to be convicted of something? Or because, you know, we can't prove any of these things against you so yes, you should you should be uh, you should be barred. It's a problem. I'll get into the, the 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 problem with the North Carolina domestic violence law, and there's now been some rulings. This is this is going to have to get settled at a national level because the case law on Second Amendment issues is still being rewritten right now. Right, the case law is still working its way through. Right, we just went through Supreme Court rulings. You got states that are trying to test the guardrails and all that. All right, so I'll get to that in a minute. Calling in, I want to welcome to the program former Mecklenburg Sheriff Erwin Carmichael. How are you, sir? I am doing well. I hope you are, Pete. I am doing well as well. Thank you, sir. And uh, so uh, I guess you heard my initial ranting. Uh, So what did I get wrong? (laughs) What have I gotten wrong? Hey, you got everything right. Everything right. You know, when I, you know, I I listened to last night because someone told me that uh, that I was on there. They said, uh, he said, the the crimes that are being committed now are down at the bottom, lower level. The day I left office, the top four crimes for 287G was DWI was number one, mm-hmm. assault on a female is number two, indecent liberties with a child is number three, and trafficking heroin is number four. I do not see those four crimes being pushed down a lower level. Those are very serious crimes. And the only way that we're able to identify someone in this county is through that program. And I told everyone, you do away with it, you're going to see violent crime go through the roof. Murder rates more than double since I left office. And, you know, my biggest fear for not being able to identify someone is uh, terrorism. You take Altimi. I want you to look her up later. She's the most wanted female in the world. She killed 15 people, eight children, two Americans. If she snuck into this country today, came to Mecklenburg County tonight, and is arrested for BWI, what will happen to her? She'll be released right back out in the community, never knowing she's the most wanted female in the world. The policies of this county is what's making it so dangerous. And I know the sheriff last night made the comment of the lawsuit of $80,000. 
He didn't want to fight it. That's why I had to pay $80,000. We were all in the right for this. And there's going to be really millions of dollars of lawsuits come against him with uh, all the deaths in, inside the jail, uh, falsifying records. These things are in there. But, no, 287G was a great program, and it kept this community safe. And everyone says it deported folks. It never deported not one person. A federal immigration judge had to make the, make the decision that someone will be deported, never the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office. So he should be cooperating with uh, the authorities. So uh, when he talks about uh, the section of the law, 162, and he says, look, you know, magistrates or a judge, they say, I got to release these people because I can't hold them, right? I, it, that is directly because there's no 287G. Right, and uh, he has, all he has to do is hold them till ICE gets there. And uh, th- there was a gentleman who was um, who was in the country unlawfully, ends up uh, in an accident. He decapitates someone. And he would, ICE asked him, once his trial was over with, he was sentenced to five years. ICE asked uh, the sheriff, hold him till we get there. He released him right back out. They had to go track him down. There's no reason. Why don't you cooperate? Hey, just hold them. Hold them for the 48 hours. And they will get there, and they'll make a decision on what needs to be done with them. But he doesn't. All he does is release them right back out. Right. And, and it's, uh, you're right. A magistrate, a state judge, they may end up uh, releasing them. But he has every right, if they're in this country unlawfully, to hold them. You're not illegally detaining them. I went through that when I was the sheriff, and we were fully backed up by federal law. So the lawsuit that he cited last night, um, and I did not pull this audio, but you are correct. He talked about how that uh, uh, he walked in and there was a lawsuit and $80,000. And he says, if you're going to force me to participate uh, and cooperate with ICE, you're going to open the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office up to even more lawsuits. Um, Negative. Negative. That is a false statement because the federal government protects he just he probably if he paid eighty thousand dollars is only because he went and it went ahead and settled i mean if you would have fought it he wouldn't have, he would have not lost it because like i said federal law protects us mm-hmm. and protects the agency all right so what do you think then about the because uh, i'm fixing to get into the uh the pistol purchase permit story as well what do you think about uh the state law that uh, eliminates the pistol purchase permits? Well, from what I've been told, when I was the sheriff, uh, Nick's had not caught up with the system. Now, from what I understand, Nick's has caught up with, uh, with the system that now everything is at uh, the fingertips mm-hmm. of uh, Nick's check instead of doing the, having the pistol purchase permit. Now, if they're not caught up, then I wouldn't be for it. But if they are caught up with the system, then I would be all for doing away with it because it it's a process that's duplicating uh, sheriff's office to go through it. Well, that I mean, that sounds rational. Um, so, let me see. so there is another component here with the uh, the concealed handgun permits that he yeah. apparently is running uh, applicants through the VA, even people who uh, have never served. So, uh, Absolutely. right, and he's and he's doing that to bog down the VA and to slow roll the. That's the accusation that he's slow rolling uh, the applications. 
Is that your assessment of it, or do you have a, a different explanation or a different insight? No, oh, absolutely. You know, and we, the day I left office, and we were running it through the VA. We were running people through, but uh, now Nick's again has caught up. I mean, why would you send everyone? I teach the concealed carry classes, and uh, tomorrow I may have 30 people in the class, and there may be only one person in there who is uh, who you would run through the VA, but every single person is going to go to the VA. Even a renewal, my wife, I mean, this is a, she's renewed. It's taken her over a year, over a year to get hers, and because of the VA. The VA is what's delayed it. When you send everyone to the VA, you don't need to. Mm. You do not need to. He says it's because they may lie on the application. Well, that's perjury. Charge them. But do not punish everyone for and bog down the system for running everybody through the VA because people may lie. You charge folks who lie on an application. Well, it's possible also, uh, according to his comments last night to a couple of the callers, is it possible that uh, your wife and you don't know what the paperwork uh, needs to be filled out correctly? You didn't do it right? Is that possible? <laughs> well, it's not possible. It was filled out right. right. I was the sheriff. I made sure everything was filled out right. Oh, I hear you. Uh, well, hey, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for calling in. Thanks so much uh, for your service as well. Hey, thank you, Pete. We appreciate you. All, All right. right Take care. That's uh, former Mecklenburg Sheriff Erwin Carmichael. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim? He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear... Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. A couple of emails here on a couple of the different issues, all related to uh, Sheriff Gary McFadden, the current sheriff who, yes, he beat Erwin Carmichael in that, what, 2018 uh, campaign. And then he he ran against the 287G program and he he said he would dismantle it. and, And he did. And then, of course, you get all the people that get out of jail. Um, So here's an email on that topic from DK, who says, my question for the sheriff would be, why is it that you isolate immigration federal law to challenge as not being something that you can or should be doing at a state city level? Yet when people commit other federal crimes, you don't have any problem holding or directing them to the proper federal authorities in those cases. Right. It's only for this one topic, because. On the immigration issue, the Democratic Party has been captured by the, the, the most extreme far-left elements on this. We played the audio. You've heard the, the quotes and such. People in charge of the Democratic Party right now, right? Joe Biden, right? These people had positions as recently as, you know, 2015. They had positions that were in line with what, Donald Trump has talked about and and what Republicans have talked about. But the party has has gone way left very, very quickly. Um, here's an email. I've known Gary McFadden since 1998 when he was CMPD homicide. He is homicide. Um, that was the TV show he did. I am homicide. He was CMPD homicide detective, head of security for First Presbyterian Church. He has always been flamboyant. 
But he is now believing his own press, and his ego is getting the better of him. Uh, Mark says, Gary McFadden, meet Bull Connor. Sheesh. Uh, On the pistol purchase permits, I received an email from Gun Owners of America regarding the pistol permit revocation or the the repeal bill that is now on Governor Cooper's desk. They're urging people to call the governor's office and tell him, don't veto the bill. Just don't do anything. Just let it lay on the table. So, uh, so I have not gotten any email like that, but this is what the GOA is saying, Gun Owners of America. They're saying um, the veto can be overridden if you veto it. And so if you just let it sit on the table, after 10 days it will become law and you'll save face. You don't have to sign it, but it will become law. But we, there are enough votes to override the veto. Now, I don't know if that's a flex. I don't know if that's a... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's if if they're trying to bluff, but they're trying to they're trying to get people to call the governor's office apparently and tell him to just it's not a pocket veto, it's a pocket pass. Basically, it's a pocket passage. If you just don't do anything with the legislation in 10 days it becomes law without your signature. Um all right, so let me get to some of the audio here. Um clip number 7. Yes. Okay. So this was Sheriff Gary McFadden last night, he appeared on uh, WBT's program at 7 o'clock called Breaking with Brett Jensen. And Brett was asking him about the ICE topic. He, he covered a bunch of different topics, but he asked him about the ICE and the uh, cooperation bill. And he asked him about the repeal of the pistol permit system. And here's what McFadden said. Who is willing, who would be willing to put their name on these permits if not a sheriff? Who will look no the extra mile down the road on whether this person should have this or not. Let me make it clear for the 99th time. I am pro second amendment. Ah, I have no problem with gun ownership, responsible gun ownership, educational gun ownership, and someone who does not have anti-mental issues or anything. And here's why this is so important to me. A lady called me. Well, she didn't call me. She sent me on um, social media. Mm-hmm. She said, Sheriff McFadden, I see your name on my s- husband's permit. Why would y'all give him a gun? Whoa. Whoa. That sounds to me like your oversight is not working. Does it not? He literally just says that a woman says, why is your name on my husband's permit? He has threatened me. He has put it in my face, but he yet still has a gun. How is how is this how is this system working then, Sheriff? By your own admission. You're saying that you gave this guy a permit after all your deep diving, after all your background checks. And you're signing the permit, and if I don't do it, who's going to sign the permit? John Hancock signed that, our John Hancock, but the Founding Fathers signed our permit. That would be the Constitution. And if you are not convicted of something, you don't get to predict that I'm going to do something. You don't get to do that. So no one signs my permit. Because there isn't a permit. That's the point. That's the point. 
and in touting your ability to look down the road and judge whether someone's going to commit a crime, like you are the minority report pre-crime uh, cogs, I guess, right? What do they call pre-cogs, right? I guess he that, that's his role now. He looks to the future. He shakes up his eight ball and he says, is Pete going to do something bad? Right? Your own oversight doesn't work because you just talked, you just told us that some woman hit you up and saying that her husband is a domestic violence abuser and you still gave him a permit. Let me get Chris on. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, sir. I just uh, love that you're talking about this, and I really appreciate it. Gary McFadden came after me and my concealed carry, and I fought him, and I won. Oh, really? How? I went to court. Oh, all I right. I an attorney named Ron Shook. He is the gun right master in the area. He charged me like a master, the seven grand, <laughs> oh but I won. Uh, McFadden had gone through my records, him and his socialist brown shirts, went through my medical records, found somewhere in the past where I had told my doctor I had tried CBD to sleep. And McFadden said that I was addicted to controlled substance. So I couldn't have one. What? Yeah, dude. Is this the, so? Was this the case that uh, that eventually the, uh, uh, that prompted the changes? Or I mean, you said you won. So was this that I, case? Well, yeah, I have a piece of paper in my house. I haven't quite got it framed yet, but it says that from a judge that Gary McFadden was unreasonable in his treatment and my denial of my concealed carry. So I, I, I the what was won from what I understand is uh, he was just slow rolling like. Right, not doing his job, so I believe he lost a lawsuit from just okay. to, you know not doing his job in a timely fashion. Right, that was the because you said Ron Shook. I don't know if that because there was a lawsuit brought by Gun yeah, Owners of there. America, and uh, they had a couple of different plaintiffs. I think that they uh, that they got in order to get that case uh, won, and then of course they they won, and McFadden is still doing the same stuff. Uh, you know, sending the, the he's slow rolling it through the VA system and all of that, and so now they're looking to sue him again to try to get him to comply with the the spirit of the the ruling that he initially lost. Yeah, he's he's something special. I I, <laughs> I don't agree with half of his policies and how he's doing stuff, but he's really just going after the Second Amendment. We are guilty until we prove ourselves innocent. And these cops don't have any self-accountability. It's just like when they beat us and we sue them and then the city pays out. The cop doesn't have any problem with his personal finances. McFadden doesn't care if the city of Mecklenburg, or excuse me, Mecklenburg County keeps paying out lawsuits. It doesn't affect him. He'll still get reelected. So what does he care? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the last election showed it, that people dying in the jail and, the woman that ran the jail when there weren't all the deaths ran against him and, and they still chose him. So, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Pete. All right, man. Have a great weekend. No, that's uh, yeah. I, I voted in the Democrat primary specifically to vote against him. <laughs> that's why I went over and voted in the Democrat primary to vote for Gina Hicks. So people would stop dying in the jail. Uh, one last clip I'm going to play here before I get out of here, I think is, uh, Gary McFadden, Mecklenburg County Sheriff who says that he will not be blamed. He will not be blamed for any future shootings if he is no longer in control 
of the pistol purchase permits. Can you live with it? If my name is not on the permits, don't come to the sheriff's office and say, well, what about these shootings or what about this and that? Because this is what we're dealing with. We're talking about um, what, what most people believe is that this is only going to be for the law-abiding citizen. The law-abiding citizen can, can carry. And, and, and once you start chipping away at this, then you have a problem. Yeah, that's not that. I don't even know what that word salad was. I don't even know what that was. Okay, so first off, if if we're not going to be allowed to blame you for future shootings without pistol purchase permits in place, does that mean I can blame you for the shootings now? All of the ones that were committed by people that you gave permits to? How many of those are actually committing the shootings? Oh, they're not. And that's where his uh, answer kind of kind of falls apart there at the end, like the just the sentence construction just did, like it all just it crumbles. He's, he he realizes, I think, as he's saying these words, that what he's saying is just silliness, because the people who apply for the pistol purchase permits and the people who apply for concealed handgun permits, they are generally not the ones committing all of the illegal gun crimes. It's the criminals. Yes, that's why we say the law-abiding people are jumping through all of your stupid hoops. The criminals do not. It's right there in their name. Criminal. (laughs) That's what they do. That's how they do, as they say. Holy smokes. All right, a couple of uh, messages here on McFadden. Uh, Chris says, Pete, on the sheriff. Uh, his comments about him being, you know, for the Second Amendment, to quote Shakespeare, me think he doth protest too much. It does, he do, it does have a bit of that ring to it, doesn't it? Just a wee bit. Um, and then uh, my uh, friend Ray Cooper says, so is McFadden saying that he would revoke someone's permit just because somebody made some unsubstantiated claim about them on social media? If that's his standard of evidence for legal action, I fully understand the Giglio order. Giglio is a letter that you get put into your file if you do something bad as a cop, and now you're no, now you're like an an impeachable witness. In other words, you're not credible. You get these letters. It's called a Giglio letter. Gets put in your file, and this is this has been the rumor about McFadden that he's got one of these in his file. So, but he doesn't want you to judge him based on that. You got to look at his whole career and everything he's done throughout his entire life. You got to judge him on all of it. Not just one little part. All righty, that is going to wrap it up for for the week. Thanks for hanging out. I do appreciate it. Oh, I do have some other messages regarding the pudding finger eating. Two six packs of shiner, ninety nine cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard. Sing along to Redneck Mother. Any blues I had before are gone. Another working week is over. No chance of staying sober. I can feel a good one coming on. Yeah, I 
So an email from John about Ron DeSantis eating pudding with his fingers. He was in the Navy. I guarantee you he's eaten more than just pudding with just his hands. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right 